0: Hi, this is Casey Treat. I'm pastor at Christian Faith, and we are excited to have you with us on our podcast. Thanks for joining in. I'm praying that you're gonna hear a word that will inspire you, empower you, to connect with Jesus and become more like him. That's what we live for. That's what's happening on today's podcast. And hey, welcome to Church Christian Faith man. It's good to have you here. Why don't you have a seat this morning? Hey, we started a new series last week on identity. Talking identity, but not just identity. Identity and action. I believe that uh, the majority of your identity needs to have backing from your actions. And if you don't have actions to support your identity, you probably are just left with lies. Did I start too fast? Identity always needs action. If I said, hey, I'm a golfer, and you're like, oh, that's awesome. Like, how much do you golf? And I'm like, well, I didn't golf this week. And you're like, well, oh, thank you, I'm good, though. Um, I'm a golfer. You're like, well, did you go this week? No. Well, did, did you go this month? No. Well, have you, have you gone this year? No. Well, well, how often do you golf? I'm like, I've never golfed. Yeah. Well, then why are you saying you're a golfer? You see, same is true in our Christian walk. You can't say, "Well, I'm a generous person." Well, how are you generous? Do, do you open your home to people? Do Do you have a life group? Do you, Do you serve people hospitality? Do you do you cook? Do you Do you give? Do you serve at the Monday night meal? Are you generous in your giving above your ties? You give well. Well, I, no, no, I don't, I don't, I don't let people over my house. I don't, I don't help people. I don't, I don't serve. Well, how are you generous? Well. But See, so you just can't claim things and call it identity. In our world today, we love to say, oh, you can just say what you want, and if you say it, it's who you are. But if you have no action behind it, you're just left with lies. You're just left with lies. And that's why in our world today... We're finding higher rates of suicide, higher rates of depression, higher rates of anxiety, higher rates of drug use. Why? Because people are saying things that have no backing, no validity. And they're living further and further in deception because they are honestly thinking and believing that if they say it, it has to be true. But when they don't live it, they live. They, 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 they feel further from truth than ever before, thus feeling more depressed, more anxious, more confused, more lost. Identity has to be lived out. In Matthew 5, 48, it says it this way. They're going to throw it on the screens for us. Your kingdom subjects. Now live like it. Live out your God-created identity. There's a couple things. That I'm going to use this verse multiple times over the next few weeks when we're together. But I want you to catch this for a minute. Your kingdom subjects. Now, what does that mean? Now, it means that there was a point where you weren't living this way. Now live this way. Now start acting this way. Now start expressing yourself with this different action, not the way you used to live, not the way you used to act, not the way you used to identify. Identify yourself with these actions. Now live it out. Live out your God-created identities. He didn't say, tell people that you're a Christian. He said, live like a Christian. Act on. Let your life prove who you are. Let your life express who you are. Let your Go to the golf course if you want to be a golfer. Stop telling me that you're a golfer and just go golf. Stop telling me you're generous and give and serve. Stop, stop using your lips when you should be using your life. Live out your God-created I want to point out something else, and I've said it before, and this might get me in trouble, but it is what it is. God said it's a God-created identity. Remember, he didn't invite you to the table when he formed your identity. He didn't ask your opinion. He didn't ask your thoughts. He didn't ask your, like, he didn't take into consideration how you would feel when he formed who you are. He didn't get in your womb and ask if you wanted to be a little boy or a girl. He was very presumptuous and decided that on his own. He was like, boop, boy. And he doesn't care how you feel about it. He made you who he made you. And so for you to be a Christian and follow Jesus, it, it wasn't left up to you to define yourself. It was left up to God. It's up to you to live it out. To live out your God-created identity. Now, today in our culture, that seems crazy. That seems uh, aggressive. That seems controversial. But we've been teaching this for thousands of years. It just means that the cultures move further away from truth than ever before. But we're not going to change truth because culture is offended. We're not going to change what God said because culture disagrees. And so while it sounds more offensive today than ever before, it's still just as true as it's ever been. Jesus made you how he made you. Now live out that identity that he calls you to live. In Matthew four nineteen, this is gonna be the verse we use for today. Matthew four nineteen says, then he said to them, follow me, this is Jesus speaking, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me. Those are my, that's all the points that I got for today. If you're in a hurry, you get going. <laughs> follow me. The first step, the first part of your journey as you discover who you are, as you under, understand your identity, it starts with following. As you follow, it says, I will make. So the weight in the process of discovering who we are, the weight that sits on us is to be willing to follow. I think many of us as Christians have have unfortunately mistakenly assumed that Christianity is an ultra moment, not a journey or a life. And so we think because we had a moment where we confessed Jesus as the Lord and Savior of our life, that made us Christians. But that more so made you saved and gave you fire insurance to go to heaven. Because if you say I confess Jesus, Lord, and Savior, my heart, my mouth, I said the words, I believe in my heart, I believe Jesus, Lord, you're going to heaven. But it doesn't mean that you started the journey of following after Jesus and honestly becoming Christ-like at all. It just means you said a prayer one time. And too many of us have said, well, at an altar moment, and then that's it. But Jesus says, no, 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 follow me. Don't, don't, don't say a prayer and leave me there. Don't say a prayer and then go on with your life. Don't say a prayer and then live the life you want to live. Have the marriage you want to have. have the, no, he said, follow me. And too many of us allow or minimize our Christian experience to simply be a prayer moment, but not a life, not a journey. But Jesus said, follow after me. You know, if you follow someone for a day, you might figure out their mannerisms. You follow them for a week or two, you can start to figure out their habits, their quirks, their... You figure out what they like and don't like, their, you know, just the cadence of their life. When they go to the gym, what they eat, when they eat, how they sleep. But if you start following someone for weeks or months or years... At some point, there's going to be a shift where the leader's actions start to define you more than anything else. At some point, if you're following them and you eat when they eat, and you work out when they work out, and you eat what they eat, and you forgive people if they forgive people, and you serve if they serve, and you go to the job that they go to, and you help. If at some point in the journey, if you're following that person for not just weeks and months but years, at some point, their lifestyle starts to define you more than anything else. That's what Jesus is saying to you. Follow me so long that at some point, people just start to define you by how Jesus lives. So you're just following Jesus. And if he serves, you serve. If he forgives, you forgive. If he loves, you love. That's, that's the following. And when we follow enough, long enough, we realize that the like. I started this journey, and I was pretty stingy. But every time Jesus was like, let's give, you're like, Ugh. oh, there it goes. Let's just forgive. Oh, you don't know what they did to me, Jesus. That person doesn't deserve forgiveness. It's like, we're just going to forgive, though. And you just, every day, every week, every month, every year, and you're just slowly following after Jesus to a point where all of a sudden you realize that forgiveness starts to flow naturally. Generosity starts to flow Naturally, your leadership goes to a new level and you're like, how in the world did I start leading better? How did I start being more creative? How did I get more? How, where did this growth come from? It came because you just kept following Jesus and all of a sudden your life starts looking more like Jesus than it looks like your past. And it looks like more like Jesus and your inabilities, and more like Jesus and your struggles, and more like Jesus than your scars. And all of a sudden you're more defined by Jesus than you are the abuse of your past, the pains of your past, the scars of your past. And all of a sudden you start to forgive. And you're like, how in the world can I forgive someone that hurt me so deeply? Because you've been following Jesus. And he took over in your life. And your identity starts to line up more with Jesus than your issues than your past. But too many of us Christians live too many days, too many weeks. Can I be honest, even myself, I feel like I'll go days or weeks, and I've been like, wait, wait, when was the last time I followed Jesus? When was the last time that I actively engaged in making sure that I was a follower? Did I wake up today and go, Jesus, today I'm following you? Jesus, how are you leading me today? How, how, how are you leading? I get busy. I think we all get busy. You wake up. You're like, I got to go. I got school drop-offs. I got work. I got to get done. I got to get to the gym. I got to get me time. I got this. I got dating. I got, and we're just busy from one thing to the next. And all of a sudden, a week could go by. Two weeks could go by. A month could go by. And you're like, wait, uh, Jesus? How you been up there? Because we forgot to make sure that we were following uh, when I was growing up, I used to love to travel with my dad. My dad would travel a bunch and he'd speak at churches and conferences and uh, Christian events around the world. And so I, I loved traveling with dad when he would teach. And I'd love to, I'd help as much as I could. I'd help at the book table back in the day when those were a bigger deal. And I'd, I would travel and get him coffee. I just was at whatever I could do to help dad travel, I was in. So that was this trip I went on when I was 15. Went over to London. was speaking at a church and a conference over there. and We're over there. And, now, just a little note for you. My dad just operates at a different pace. His rhythm of life is like none other. No one else on the planet, come on, for, the, y'all know. He's, Casey Treat just has a unique rhythm of life. If you don't know it, it's, for, for example, if you ever go eat with him, just order when he orders. Don't look at the menu. That would take too long. That'll take too long. It is just, you just know you're at a restaurant. They have salads or chicken or fish. Get the one that you like the most and just say, whatever you have in this range, bring that for me. Because if you don't, you're not eating, okay? Like he's going to eat and just get going. He'll, he'll attempt to give orders to the hostess sometimes. I'm like, I don't think that's the person that takes the, 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 the orders, dad. He's like, oh, whatever, just pass that on. I'll take some fajitas whenever you guys get them. I'm like, what are we doing, dad? Just different rhythm. And uh, so we're in, we're back. So we're in London, and he's taught a couple morning uh, services, and then he went to the to the back room, a little green room that they're hosting him in. And I went to the floor to check on the table, and and then I I, I knew someone that went to that church that I'd been friends with years before, so I went out and said hi to them. and We're chatting, and I lost track of time, church. And all of a sudden, it comes back to me. Just something hits me in my gut, and I'm like, I lost my dad. Where's dad? What I need to check on where my dad? Because remember, his his pace is a little different, and remember, I'm on the trip serving him. He is not there serving me. So I end the conversation. I check the t- I merge. I get back to the green room. I'm like, hey, just checking on my dad. Like, oh yeah, your dad left. Like left where? Left to the bathroom? Left to the coffee shop? Left uh, to look for me? Where did he leave? Like, no, he he took off. He had his, he had the driver take him back to the hotel. I'm like this joker. Uh, hold up. Did he, did he, before he leave, make a plan for me? His 15-year-old child in a new country? Did that he just left and abandoned and left alone and broken? And uh, I'm just, I'm crying, I'm, I, I'm alone, I'm wounded, I'm still getting over it, church, I'm healing in front of you right now? I'm kidding, I was fine, but I just wanted a little sympathy for it, because it seemed. Remember, um, I was 15. This is before cell phones were that good and for sure before they worked international, okay? I wasn't calling dad like, what's up? What's the hotel name again, by the way? I was like, well, what do I do? I'm lost. I'm abandoned in a different country. I'm just kidding. I walked out. I talked to my friends and we got lunch and they took the tube uh, and they dropped me off at the hotel. <laughs> it worked out. But... I learned that lesson. Okay, so fast forward, and I became—I got way better. Dad never lost me again. He never had before. I made a mistake. He never lost me again. I was white on rice. Is that what you? Can still say that? I was close up in here. Come on, somebody. I was no. I was I was on his every step, every step he take. I was watching them. I was singing a sing song up in here. I mean, I could have been. I was right behind him on every step, Serving, He never lost me a second after that. So fast forward, I moved to Birmingham with my family a couple years ago, and we served there at a ministry, and I served under one of my spiritual pastors, Dino Rizza, who we've had here many times, and loved Dino to death. Dino, if you know him at all, has a similar life rhythm of my dad. They are just, they're very similar when you hang out with him. It's just funny. So Dino takes me on a trip. We go on a trip. We go to New York. He's speaking at a church, and he brings me with him, and I'm there to serve Remember, it's, he's he's the one that's speaking and leading. I'm just there to help. I'm there to honor him, serve him. So I got the coffee he wants in the morning. I know the coffee order he wants in the afternoon. I got his lunch. I got the service flow. I got the book. I, I got everything. I make sure that this trip is perfect. It's the easiest trip Dino ever took in his life. When I was there, everything I could do to serve. We get home to Birmingham. And he's like, no one else travels with me but Caleb, because he knows what to do. He locked this thing down. I was like, yeah, because I've been abandoned and left. I'm not getting left again. I'm serving. I'm right on you. No, I'm just kidding. I was, I was healed at that time. I wasn't so wounded. Here's what I want you to get. I knew how to follow. I knew how to follow. I was a good follower. And as a good follower, I was ready to serve. I was ready to help. I was, and what he needed, I already knew he needed it and I already, I already solved the problem. I was like, you're looking for this, aren't you? This yes, I was, I was looking for water. You're looking for a coffee. You want this book, you're gonna teach that. There's your Bible, It's here's your notes, here's the pen. Yeah, you wanted the red pen because that's what you use when you preach with. No, I knew these answers because I was a good follower. Too many Christians are really bad followers. And we think that Jesus is our personal assistant. We think we got a divine Alexa up in here. We're like, Alexa, can I get some help? And Jesus is like, I did not get you saved to become your personal assistant. I invited you to follow. Now get up off your butt and follow. Let's start going. Let's start serving. Let's start reaching a city for Jesus. How come so many Christians want Jesus to serve them their entire life and never go or follow anything? If this is too harsh, I have nothing else to give. I'm sorry. Just, I, just got, everything I got, I, I let it out every day. Every Sunday is all you're gonna get. I got it from my dad. There's just, there's nothing left. I didn't. I wasn't taught. I was left. Church. I'm still hurt. Okay. Like, this is all that I have to give. Too many of us think when we got saved, we got an assistant that solves all of our problems. Jesus, I'm hungry. Jesus, I'm hurt. Jesus, I'm wounded. Jesus, they hurt my feelings. Jesus, like they hurt your feelings? For real? Thank God I didn't put you in the martyrdom season of Christianity. Could you imagine how that would have hurt your feelings? Jesus, they were burned on the stake. You're nervous about witnessing around a water cooler when it's an actual su- legal freedom to talk about Jesus in our country. Like the government will support you for now. And it's still like, ah, nervous, Jesus. What if they say no? You know, there's countries today active that the worst thing isn't they could say no. The worst thing is they could turn you into the state. And yet we struggle witnessing. Because we feel like Jesus is here to solve our needs. Jesus, I didn't feel good today. Jesus, I need more blessings. Jesus, I just need an easier path. Jesus, what college should I go to? I'm sorry if that sounded mocky. I meant for it to be mocky, though. Because we pray shallow prayers. We're called to follow, and when Jesus invited us to follow, that was not a burden that he put on us, that was an invitation he offered us. He extended us an invitation to follow. It's not a burden, it's not a hardship. In fact, could I challenge you with this, that when you start following Jesus, you're gonna find that it becomes the, the most natural thing you've ever done. It'll be the most natural thing. Now, it'll be hard. It'll be challenging, but you're going to live more alive than you've ever lived before because, like the verse said, you're going to live out your God-created identity. You're going to find things on the inside of you go, this is why I was created. This feels more natural than I've ever felt in my life. I feel more alive than I've ever felt. I feel more used than I've ever felt. I feel more uh, influenced. I, I got. There's things on the inside of me that are alive for the first time that I've, I've never felt before because I'm actually using the whole part of what God created for me to be. I'm alive. I'm living a life that matters. I'm living a life that influences people. I'm living a life that God created for me to live. You go, well, how do I follow someone or something that I can't even see? To be honest, that's my hardest part. I would love if Jesus just showed up in the flesh and was like, here I am, let's go. Because that seems a lot easier to me. But how do I follow someone that's invisible? How do I follow someone I can't see? It's a little harder than it was in the Bible when Jesus was literally there telling these disciples, let's go to the next town. You follow his ways. You follow his principles. You follow who he is. Every day, wake, wake up tomorrow and say, today, Jesus, I want to follow you. Today, I want to follow you. Where are you going? What are you going to do? I want to be a follower. So today, if there's an opportunity to pray for someone, I'm going to pray because I bet Jesus would pray for that person. If there's an opportunity to witness, I'm going to witness. I don't know if I'm going to fumble through it and say something stupid. and look. I don't care because I'm just going to go for it because if Jesus would do it, I'm going to do it because I'm a follower. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to dream big today. I'm going to have big faith today. Yeah, but there, nothing's going right in the world. It doesn't matter because I'm not following the world. I'm following Jesus, and Jesus has big faith. Jesus has big dreams. Jesus has big goals. Jesus goes Jesus goes for what's on his heart, not, not the culture around us. That doesn't set his limits, so it doesn't set my limits. So today I'm just going to follow Jesus. The Scripture says that he says, follow, and I will make you fishers of men. Follow and I will make. He invites us to follow, and he says, listen, if you follow, I'll make. If you follow, I'll make. So we're made, we're defined, we're transformed, we're molded into who God has called us to be as we follow. There's the struggle. If we're still Christians that think, Christianity is simply an altar moment where we got saved and moved on and we aren't following, then we'll never be made. We'll never be transformed. We'll never be molded into who God's created and called us to be if we're just sitting on our bus our whole lives. Can I say it this way? If this year you're no more generous, you're no more forgiving, you're no more gracious than you were last year, maybe you haven't followed Jesus at all. If you're no more like Jesus today than you were last year or the year before, maybe you stopped following him at some point. Maybe you grew complacent. Maybe you grew satisfied. Maybe you just got distracted. i love Tasha's point today. You have the best intentions, but you just forgot. You forgot to say, you're like, oh, I saw your text. I so meant to text you back. I just forgot. Like I really intended to connect, I just forgot. And too many of us are like, Jesus, I really, I really meant to follow you. I just kept, just, I just stayed busy. I was just busy. There was other things going on. There was the school drop-offs and the work and the, the deadlines and the school stuff and the report and this and that. It just added up. And I just forgot to say, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. But as we follow, it says he makes, he molds, he transforms. It's on the journey. It's on the journey that, that we're like, oh, I, just, I don't want to do this part of the journey. You're like, oh, I'm just going to take that step and that transforms and that molds and that adjusts. And Let me say it this way. On the journey, there's going to be parts that you think are parts of you that he prunes off because it never was you. Like when you get angry, that's not you. That's not you. Because you were made in the likeness and image of God. And if you claim anger, you have to identify that God is an angry person because you were made in his image. Everything of you came from him. So if you're jealous, if you're envious, if you're angry, if you're sulky, it, like if all of these little, the negatives are, God, that's just who I am, then you have to say that's God. Or you have to say that's just really not me. It's just part that I haven't pruned off yet. And all of it will be pruned off in the following. As you follow Jesus, you realize I can forgive. As you follow Jesus, I really can serve. As I follow Jesus, I can be a giver. As I follow Jesus, I can I can move on. I can't let them go. I can't let that scar heal. I, as I follow, I'm made. But if I'm not following, I'm not being made. When was the last time you actively engaged in being a follower of Jesus? Too many of us are treating Jesus like an assistant and not someone that's setting the pace. Banker could come onto the stage. Scripture goes on to say, it says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I'll make you fishers of men. Can I be so bold to say, if you say you're a Christian, but don't ever reach people, it's like saying you're a golfer that never golfs. Let me say it bolder. If you say you're a Christian, but don't reach people, you're a liar. Because Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, was where the word Christian came from. Christ came to reach the lost. And if we are wanting to be like Christ, then we have to act like Christ. And Christ came for the lost. He didn't come for TikTok followers, He didn't come for Instagram likes. You don't get to take that to heaven. You don't get to take your friends' group, you don't get to take the big business. You are not to take, like you don't, you just don't get, like that doesn't come with you. People come. And too many of us are that golfer. I'm a golfer. When do you go? I don't ever golf, but I'm, I'm a golfer. I'm a, I'm a Christian. Well, How do you serve people? I don't serve people. How do you reach people? I don't reach people. How do you love people? I don't, I don't love people. Well, why are you a Christian then? How, how are you claiming an identity when your life doesn't back it? The bank coming? There it is. We got a bank. I was all ready for like a, <laughs> a. I preached up to that moment, and they just. I'll preach up to it again. And so I got six minutes. I'm not a fisherman, which <laughs> probably was self-descriptive, but. Um. I've heard that there's. There's a lot of different fishing poles. And you use different ones, different, different fishing line for different fish, depending on the type of fish you want to re- catch. And you got to use different equipment, different gear. There's different. Have you ever? I saw that the show. What's that? Alaska show? Deadliest catch? Ooh, I saw one episode. I was like, That's not for me. I know I didn't miss my calling. That is not in my future. My goodness, men are crazy. But the. You see that to, to catch some fish, you got to go some places. To catch some fish, you got to use different nets. You got to use different poles. You got to, like, there's different things for different catches, different. Same is true for you. God didn't make a mistake when He designed you the exact way He designed you because He knows the exact fish He's trying to catch with you. You're the perfect fishing pole for the people he's called to reach. You're perfect. You're, you're, you're the exact thing he needs for the people he's called you to catch. You don't got to become more like Casey, because remember, Casey's perfect for his fish, but he's, he's, he would be horrible to catch who you're called to reach. You don't need to be me. I'm not the fishing pole to reach the people you're called to reach. Your people are like his hair is bad, he's got his jeans are too small, I don't know what he's wearing. They they're not gonna relate to me. They're looking for you. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. That's the goal. Is to live lives that reach people, to live lives that reach our families. Reach your Relatives, to live a life that influences your neighbors, to live a life that serves your life group. Maybe there's someone in here that you are called to be a, a preacher. You are called to lead worship. But I bet that's few of you. I bet the majority of you are called to reach your families with life groups, serve on the dream team, lead people in work. Give generously to reach more people and build more campuses. Whatever you're called to, there has to be a, the, the base of it, the foundation of it has to be people for eternity. That's it. That's, that's how your life is gonna matter. That's how you're gonna become alive and awake and live the life that on the inside your soul is crying out to live. To say, I'll matter for eternity. I'm going to live for eternity knowing that the life I was given to live, I lived it to its fullest. And I stand before God and he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. You didn't live Casey's life. You didn't live Russell's life. You didn't live Tasha's life. You didn't live Caleb's life. You didn't, you didn't attempt to be Moses. You lived your life and you reached the people I called you to reach. You were the perfect Fisher for the people I called you to reach. You reached your family. You led your family well. You led your wife well. You raised your children well. You loved people and served people. You forgave. You were the expression of me to the people I called you to reach. As you followed, you were made perfect. Perfect isn't Casey or Wendy or uh, my. No, perfect is you becoming the person that Jesus leads you to be. Your identity as a Christian is to reach people. Follow me and I will make you fishers. He didn't say, I'm going to make you lawyers. I'm going to make you doctors. I'm going to make you entrepreneurs. I'm going to make you business. No, he said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. I'll, I'll make you a person that reaches people for me. That's your calling. Now, you might become a doctor. You might become a lawyer. You might be, and you're going to use that because that's the process of becoming that f- perfect fishing pole that God's called you to be to reach the people he's calling you to reach. But your destiny was not to be a doctor, your destiny was to reach people. And you're going to use it as a tool in the hands of God. Follow me, and I will make you. Are you following today? Let's all close our eyes and bow our heads today. God, we thank you that this is an invitation to follow. What a royal invitation, the creator of the world, our savior, inviting us to follow. Now let us take this not as a burden, not as a hardship, but as an opportunity to live out the truest life we were created to live. A life of freedom, a life that's fulfilling, a life that's rewarding, a life that's challenging, the life you called us to live. Thank you so much for joining with us today. I'm praying that you heard something that will impact your life. If you'd like more information, connect with us at the Christian Faith Church app or go to the website at christianfaith.us.